L-C. Yeah! When that speak and spell voice comes in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to E-L-C. Especially if you're one of our geeks in speak in this podcast to power you through a workout or a run, or hey, maybe you're, uh, traveling maybe we're in your ear holes while you're scared walking the dog whatever the case we uh we're gonna be with you for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash dlc pod oh we're so grateful for you patrons you you Support the show. You make it possible. We appreciate you. And in return, you get cool stuff like ad-free episodes, video on demand of every episode, and bonus shows. That's right, plural bonus shows. The Wednesday paid DLC program with Lana Bashinsky by our side talking about whatever we talk about and usually uh, devolving into chaos very quickly. And then... A much more professional show that you get bonus. Also, feeling this every Friday, Christian Spicer and Alex Solman are talking about the way games make them feel. This week, NBA Jam. NBA Jam this week, Christian. Amazing. This show, DLC, the main show, of course, the show all about games. In their many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also, games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata, the spell with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis, the guy who's still celebrating his Houston Astros winning the World Series, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. Man, yeah, I mean, you mentioned, I'm, I, they did it for Dusty, right? If anyone needed a ring as a manager, Dusty Baker, getting his it. ring, he's a good Going baseball the guy. Fan. Yes, yeah, that and was an exciting time, World Series. My understanding is this time with at least fifty percent less cheating. Ah, uh, you know, it's still baseball, so I'm <laughs> sure we'll learn of some cheating at some point. <laughs> baseball is a sport; it's America's pastime for a reason. You know, a country yeah. built on cheating uh, supports a sport with a great long history of cheating. But what so a, far, what? this one's clean. Yeah, you're right. Wild Series there was like what, like a five pitcher no no. Uh, no hitter and like not crazy stuff yeah yeah it was it was a heck of a world series um we're not talking sports though we are talking uh uh ragnarok spoiler um yeah 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 christian and i have both uh both finished uh god of war ragnarok and we can talk about it finally so uh we, we won't do any spoilers this episode but there will be a spoiler chat coming soon uh, uh patrons get it first so if you want to be a patron, patreon.com slash DLC pod, we're going to we're going to spoil uh, God of War and we're going to talk a lot about it. Spoiler free this episode. We got oh man, we got lots to talk about this episode and we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, oh, we are excited because DLC stands for your downloadable chastity. Hello. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes I just take the easy ones that are in front of me <laughs> because we have host and producer at Ubisoft, our friend, the pop culture maven herself, 
Chastity Vicenzio. Hey, Chastity, Hi. how are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. And yes, it's so perfect. We're all beginning with C. It, it's like meant to be. This is why I'm here. Sometimes so, oh, I have yeah, to tie obviously. myself into knots to get the DLC to work. <laughs> then the, the other times it's just, it's nice and easy. And so I'm, I'm going to take go. easy wins sometimes. <laughs> um, it's it's a delight to have you. Uh, you. I've been a fan of you for a long time and, and we wanted to have you on the show for a long time. So this is going to be great. Yeah. Let's jump in and start the show the way we always do, do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's also where you can send comments or questions, anything you'd like to communicate to us. We are here. We are all ears. And by ears, I mean eyes looking at your email at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also get our attention on one of our communities. We have a Discord which is 5 by 5 DLC on Discord. Great place to hang out and meet cool people. We also have a subreddit, which is 5 by 5 dlcredditcom You can hang out there as well. I urge you to take part in those com- communities. They are fun folks. But Chastity, you are our guest. So you get yes. first pick of stories. What <gasps> would you consider to be? Yeah. What's your story of the week? Wow. Okay. Uh, I want to go with, because I just have Marvel on the brain because of Marvel Snap. Let's go with the three more EA Marvel games that are coming in the future, uh, including, you know, they've got the Iron Man game that we already know about. So EA struck a deal with Marvel and we're going to see three more games based on Marvel. So I'm I'm stoked about that. I've got ideas. I'm ready to pitch. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I want to hear your ideas. Uh yeah, this is so we know one of the three, uh mm-hmm. the, as you said, that Iron Man game that's gonna be uh is being worked on by Motive, uh, which is the the studio that's doing the uh Dead Space remake. And boy, that Dead Space remake looks real slick. I mean, we haven't nobody's played it yet, but just the visuals, the the trailers that have come out. I got a lot of faith that Motive can make real, make real pretty games and, and hopefully a real pretty Iron Man game. So I'm excited about that. I want to hear if you're excited about that. But then I want to hear your pitch for the other two. What, what are your hopes? And <laughs> I know you work at Ubisoft, but yes. EA, not the greatest track <laughs> record on Marvel games so far. Um, how do we feel about that? Um, I feel fine with it. I think the more Marvel games, the better. I'm just happy to play in these universes and play as these characters. So I'm I'm just excited. I'm genuinely stoked. I know a lot of hard work goes into making these games. So I'm ready to just try out whatever they throw at us. And an Iron Man game, like tapping into the history of Iron Man, sounds pretty fun, but also could go to really dark places if you're familiar with Iron Man's history. Uh, it could be very dramatic. Uh, it's And it's not all fun and flying through the air. He's got um, some you know dark paths that he's been down. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes out of that. I'm, I'm excited. But as far as my two pitches, it doesn't have to be EA, but I'm just throwing this out there, Marvel Games. <laughs> <laughs> um, number one, we absolutely need a Daredevil street-level brawler Ooh. with stealth. Yeah. In the style of Batman Arkham. Uh, and I also want to throw in some lawyer-themed side quests on the side. How fun would that be? Would a little, uh... That? Ace Attorney, objection! And yes. then you turn into Daredevil and you beat up bad guys. I love it. Yes. 
love it. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes he's like, oh, do I finish this case or I have to rescue this lady? Like, what do I do? And you have to decide, you know, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Press X to interrogate. I love it. No, that's great. So that's okay. That's that's pitch number one. You, you, did you, say, you get more than one? Yes. Uh, okay. The other one's never going to happen. But I want an X Men dating sim, just because I love the X Men and I would like to date the X Men in a video game. <laughs> isn't isn't doesn't uh, Midnight Sun supposedly have some like walk through the park with Bishop kind of action? Yes, doesn't it? and yeah. that's that's nice. I feel like that'll whet my appetite but i want to just go all in and just be mm. like i am either a teacher or a student going to xavier school of gifted youngsters and i could either be a teacher dating other teachers or a student dating other students while you know just dealing with controlling my powers and looking for love like what's not to like about that like just i just want a dating sim ea <sighs> does sims x-men dating let's make it happen please i, I you have my vote you have my Thank vote you. uh christian Chastity is making some really excellent uh, pitches. I, I'm ready. I want to get your take on uh, EA announcing three or uh, announcing a partnership with Marvel for three more games. Uh, I I have very high hopes for that Iron Man game. I think that Iron Man game can be real good. Just the idea of unlocking new Iron Man suits that give you new powers, like you know, having that role playing uh, style. You know, add skill trees. And you literally, if you add things, you literally add new pieces to your Iron Man suit. I'm into that. I think that's cool. No, no idea if that's how it's going to work, but that's what I'm imagining. Um, and, uh, you know, Chesty has really, uh, really set the bar pretty high for what I'm <laughs> now uh, putting you on the spot for your pitches for those two oh, okay, okay. Marvel, Marvel games. Well, pitch one at the end of the Dead Space remake, Isaac goes... Tony, this is Isaac. I need your help. And Tony, and it's a connected, <laughs> shared guy in suit universe um, between the same studio. And then my tweak to the dating sim would actually be everybody at Xavier's uh, School for Gifted Students sitting around going, why is Gene dating Scott? And Logan's like, tell me about it. Like, it's just like, no one gets it, but Scott just is constantly slaying. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like our leader, but like, Scott, you know, it's like all it is. Like, press X to say Scott? Question mark. <laughs> can't uh, even look it. into his eyes. I love it. <laughs> you can't even, yeah, you can't even stare deeply into them. Um, it's hard to not be excited about this, mostly, I think, because of what Marvel is doing. Like, it, any studio they seem to be partnering with, it seems to be firing on all cylinders right now in terms of Marvel Snap, which... Spoiler, I think we'll be talking about again this week. Um, uh, I, I saw a video. Jeff actually fell and scraped his knee and just Marvel Snap poured out of it. Like it's literally yeah, in it's his in veins. veins. It's just- yeah, it's, 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 it's not. I mean, Christian, you know that we logged on to, to do this podcast. And what was I doing when you when we logged on? I was trying to Being fit in rude? one more game. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that, Being yeah, rude. Because yeah. it's like, I have some things I need to talk to you about. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm just one second. It's always the one more game or you're like pretending to pay attention and like your eyes are ever so drifting to the left. <laughs> yeah. That's, so that uh, means- that's the experience of being my wife right now, unfortunately. <laughs> Honey, it's are you excellent. listening? Yep. Yep. Definitely listening. Definitely listening. Spider-Man. Excellent. My- Miles Morales. Excellent. I'm excited about Wolverine. Um, Me too. Midnight Suns looks excellent. Again, not in our hands yet, but also it seems for the right studio. Uh, I joked about man in suit studio, but Again, motive making um, Iron Man, it seems like they have the pedigree to do something awesome there. And so 
you know, the, the script has been completely flipped about these air quote licensed superhero games. And especially the, the track record right now for Marvel, they've recently been very excellent. So I hope they continue to be. And like Chastity, I'd love to see a character who's yet to really be fully featured, get highlighted in one of these, a daredevil game, I think would be fantastic. I also think something like fun, like we had guardians of the galaxy and that was, that had some whimsy in it, but I mean, I I've said it before on this show. I love squirrel girl. I could totally get behind anything squirrel girl that, uh, that they want to do a squirrel girl. And I also think, you know, they have fantastic four is undead again, Jeff, you know, (laughs) that's how these properties seem to be. Wolverine also was dead for a while. And then they get the rights back and there's a Wolverine game all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he just hit on my uh, my preferred pitch would be a, a Fantastic Four game where you, you get to switch between all the Fantastic Four at any point. You know, it can be the big bruising thing or stretch around. I want to see somebody do Mr. Fantastic Tech in a, in a video, like figure out how to do that because that would be yeah. rad. Not just like punch and it stretches, but let me stretch at any point that I want, you know, find it. <laughs> I think that'd be an amazing gameplay loop is, is, you know, stretchy puzzles. I don't know. That'd be, cool. that'd be some very impressive animation. I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that um, nobody has any, any kind of reservations about EA as the publisher. I feel like uh, maybe EA has, turned their reputation around a little bit. And, and this is interesting because EA, I think it was one of those companies that was talking about doing fewer games, uh, focusing on their bigger franchises. I mean, maybe I'm confusing them with Activision, but um, this this does seem like more sure things. These are known IP. And, uh, you know, we've come a long way from, from the games just, I think I feel like just 10 years ago when it was like superhero games had the curse on them. Uh, if it was a superhero game, it probably wasn't going to be good. Uh, now it feels like that's more of a sure bet. I but... wonder what uh, Fallen Order did for them in terms of EA, a relationship with Disney and EA. Like that was yeah. a banger of a third person action game. It seems like this sequel was also shaping up to be fantastic. And so I feel like there's been trust established there. And it's easy for us, I think, the three of us to sit here and be like, oh yeah, these some of these old licensed games. Remember those old Sega Captain America comic. Book well, I mean, that. the old but that was a lifetime ago. That yeah. was so long. Ago. EA's, EA's experience doing Marvel games is uh, the Iron Man game in 2008 that was based on uh, Iron Man 2, or it was came you know coincided with Iron Man 2, uh, and Marvel Nemesis: Rise of the Imperfects, which was a PlayStation 2 Xbox GameCube game released in 2005. Yeah, forever ago. And uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, which I submit is an underrated game. I, I thought that game was pretty fun. I don't know if any. It was a God did. of War, an old God of War clone, and it was sloppy yeah. but fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, lots to be excited about, I think, or hopeful for it at the very least. Jeff, uh, need one more pitch. You can't just steal my also Fantastic Four. Oh, but no, you Cassidy stole mine before I was able to say it. That's what. <laughs> um, or just name a character who needs a game. Yeah, a character that hasn't had a game that needs a game. Um, that's a see. I feel like I need to really think about that because I, now I'm putting myself on the spot. You gotta um, flex your waybacks. Yeah. Um, man, 
How about a power pack game? No, I'm just trying to pull a goofy reference. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I don't know who I, I mean, I, I think I really want a great Captain America game. I also thought that Captain America game from whenever year that was, it wasn't horrible. It just wasn't great. I would love a great Captain America game. Um, what do you think a Silver Surfer game could be? I loved mm, that old NES Silver Surfer game that was brutally difficult. Yeah. Um, and I also really loved uh, that uh, Punisher game we got in like the original Xbox era where like the kill scenes were too gruesome. So they had to go into like black and white film grain. I think you could do a really cool um, Punisher game. And I'd actually love them to do a comic book Punisher like not Garth Ennis Punisher, like mm. the Punisher that lives in the world with, you know, the MCU Punisher uh, video game. I think it'd be fascinating. You know who else would make a really interesting video game? Could be really cool is Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Well, Just get magic involved. That'd be really yeah, fun. That could be really cool. And it could mm-hmm. be really, uh, you know, brain bending, fun, you know, hopping between dimensions and stuff. And also an VR Ant- and made by Insomniac. Ant-Man game could be fun too. <laughs> I, I was thinking how hard that would be, though, like the, mm. the size mechanics. But yeah. if someone could pull that off in the future, I would love to see that. But I don't know if we're there yet. Because, like, just imagine, like, going tiny and playing the levels and then being, like, a huge version of yourself and playing the levels or switching off. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so complex, but so fun. I mean, I think the way you're describing it would be the coolest way to do it where you yeah. get to choose. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even just doing it like one level, you're tiny. Yeah. And yeah. now you're in like Honey, I Shrunk that. the Kids world. Mm-hmm. And then another <laughs> level, you're huge. And now you're in Godzilla world. I think that'd be, that'd be cool in and of itself. But having to, being able to choose, oh, incredible. Amazing. That'd be, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Well, you talked about stealing. Um, Are you stealing sorry. my story? <laughs> I mean, it's it's the biggest story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we texted about it. Uh, to me, it's the biggest story. Uh, there's another biggie, but I think the long rumored, uh, released, teased, shown, everything but release date and price point, PlayStation VR 2 has had those two big pieces of the puzzle those band-aids ripped off for all of us to see. We got a release date and uh, we got enough time to start saving up, Jeff, is what we got for the PlayStation yeah. VR 2. It's yeah. uh, it's more than the console. More than the console. More than the console. I think more than anybody expected them to come out. It was, so oh, February, February 23rd. Yeah, sorry. I said we got the date and then didn't say it. It's February. <laughs> February 23rd, February 23rd is the release date, but uh, pre-orders start November 14th. Am I right about that? Yeah, and you can like pre-sign up to be eligible to pre-order from Direct. There's like a there's like a flow. Yes. Oh, I gotta do yes. that. I haven't done that first step part. Um, you do that first step. Yeah, five hundred and fifty dollars. Five hundred forty nine ninety nine is the MSRP on PlayStation VR two. That's the price that does not get you any games. So you got you got the headset. You got your sense controllers. You got stereo headphones, but no VR game comes to you in the box at $550. And none of of your old games work. Some offer free updates, um, but none of your old games work. So if you spend that $550, you have nothing to play on it. But 
But wait, there is a price point at which you will have a game. Uh, if you want to just pony up fifty more dollars, the six hundred dollar tier gets you the new Horizon VR game based on which the looks, popular looks Horizon. Looks fantastic. Looks real Call, pretty. Yeah, Call of the Mountain is what it's called. Uh, and I, you know, obviously that's they're betting on is going to be the system seller for this thing. Uh, they announced some other games alongside the price and date announcement. Uh, none of the other games that they listed, I believe, are exclusives. They're all available I think, I, as VR, right? I thought Dark Pictures uh, Switchback VR is is is, um, and I think Crossfire. Exclusive. I think Crossfire is also oh, yeah, that, um, right. Crossfire is yes. Uh, Cities VR, so Cities VR Enhanced Edition, uh, which is uh, a, a pretty cool um, city, you know, version of Cities uh, in VR, uh, has been available on Oculus and, and PC VR. Uh, I'm a big fan of a game called Cosmonius High from Alchemy Games, uh, mostly because I'm in it. I do the voice of the principal <laughs> in that game. Uh, so I highly recommend playing Cosmonius High because you'll hear me if you get to the principal. Um, it's fun. It's also a delightful game. Uh, Hello Neighbor Search and Rescue, Jurassic World Aftermath Collection, Pistol Whip VR, awesome game, awesome, awesome, awesome. Game. Uh, game. Zenith The Last City, After the Fall, which is excellent as well tentacular which is a wild and wacky game um as much as some of those are really good experiences i don't hear anything that's going to get people to be like i gotta pay that 550 bucks it really is horizon call the mountain unless they're holding on to something that they'll announce closer to february what do you think chastity is this i feel like they kind of have to yeah there's nothing here that screams this this is a must-have for me with the exception of horizon and i'm still not even getting horizon when i'm dropping the 550 so yeah yeah, this it's just it's tough like i feel like i would definitely need to hear rave reviews from the community about a few exclusive games to justify this price for me and especially because for PSVR, the first one, um, I had some motion sickness with a, a few games for sure. Didn't have that experience with some other headsets, um, but PSVR for sure, that definitely happened. So this would definitely be a, a try before I buy a situation. I'd have to make sure that's not the same situation before I chalk up $550. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I'm going to pre-order it as soon as I possibly can because I'm a sucker. Uh, let me but, know it comes out february 23rd so i am flying to denver february 25th like what are we over, looking dude. at here you know uh, come over i mean we, i can fly to visit your house cheaper <laughs> than it takes for me to buy that set myself that's <laughs> true uh this uh dark picture switchback vr looks interesting but uh, horror in in vr is, is a little much for me it's, although it's we know that uh, resident evil village is coming to playstation vr uh too um, we, so it's interesting that that isn't part of the launch games that they've announced so far. Chastity, is there anything that they could announce that would be the thing that you that you would be like, I got to get this. I got to try it. Oh, I don't know. It would have to be there's there's nothing that is just like, oh, man, I better get the PSVR 2 to play this game. I mean, Horizon's probably the closest thing. Yeah. Um, but VR uh, Marvel dating sim? <laughs> yes, <X-Men>. exactly. <laughs> that would be it. If they if they make my game, <laughs> then I'm in. You yeah. can have my money. <laughs> you can um, look into Scott Summer's eyes and die. That's game over. <laughs> look at me, Scott. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> 
the whole game he's trying to talk you into it. No, I will not look in your eyes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping it, it's interesting that the launch of PlayStation VR one had a much more robust launch lineup, at least uh, of Sony exclusive of Sony supporting the launch with games that you can't get anywhere else. Um, it, it feels like the, the buildup to this launch has been so prolonged and so, yeah, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, systematic, you know, it, it feels like it's strange to me that they didn't have more bullets in the chamber. You know what I'm saying? It, it feels like as they were moving toward this announcement and, and we've been hearing about PlayStation VR 2, we knew it was coming. We were waiting for the date and the, and the, and the price. It felt like, well, they're going to definitely add more content more games i wonder if they are i wonder if this is the period to have us react to the price right and we have the holidays and then january 15th comes around and they hit us with like these, these first instant pre-order people use, the, use of the world yeah but something like that is gonna you know i think there is a chance for something more i don't know yeah. how many of these they have made it is a very expensive price. It's it's too expensive for for my blood. Someone who's had numerous VR headsets, but folks listen to this show know I am not as high on the concept as of VR as you are, Jeff. But the PlayStation VR One launched for three ninety nine, also expensive. Um, but when it launched, it had this compelling argument of sim- simplicity. And the, the VR landscape back then was still you're hanging orbs in your house and <laughs> doing all this stuff. And you needed a thousand dollar PC to run it. And so PSVR one came out at a price point that seemed reasonable for VR. Cause you needed a PlayStation four, which at that point, most Everybody people had, had. Yeah. they were ubiquitous. And then you could just plug in this headset and get from all accounts, pretty good VR of like this brand new technology that would blow you and your friends and your loved ones away, just getting in and experiencing it. Now flash forward to 2023 when this thing comes out, we've had better tethered headsets. Uh, and we've had fantastic, totally free headsets that are at a consumer friendly price that allow for some of these great VR experiences, these pistol whips, the beat saber, the, I'm totally immersed in this world walking around, not graphically pushing um, games per se, but these things that really highlight what VR can do well um, at a price point that seemed uh, reasonable to a lot of folks. And I think this seems like a, this P, excuse me, this PlayStation VR 2 price point, it doesn't have the simplicity of a standalone headset. It requires a PlayStation 5, which is still hard to find and also Good expensive. Point. And then requires this other thing that is, again, very expensive. I mean, the tech is there, right? Like, it is a high-tech headset. This is no longer the crappy headset uh, of VR. It seems to have all the bells and whistles. But I don't don't know how many non-Jeffs this attracts, Jeff. (laughs) I I don't know how many non-Jeffs either. I mean, I'm looking at the launch lineup for PSVR 1. I'm surprised, again... There's time for them to announce more stuff. Um, I'm wondering if they're even going to have the equivalent of PlayStation VR Worlds, which was the sort of demo disc that they gave to everybody that had a lot of really cool stuff on it. But they're fools not to re-release Astro Boy Rescue Mission. 
Bot, mm-hmm. bot, 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 Astrobot. bot. Astrobot. You what just have boy, boy in your head from oh. God of War. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were saying yeah, but, just... but, 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 yeah, Astro. <laughs> I thought you were saying you were stopping me. No, you're right. Astrobot. Pardon me. Astro, Astro Boy. Bot. Astro Boy. Uh, Astro Boy is the comic book character. Um, yeah. They're fools not to release, uh, re-release Super Hypercube, which was a great launch title for PlayStation VR 1. I mean, they had that, that Batman experience. They had... Um, they had a number of really good whiteword sky was actually pretty good um res infinite was like a major reason to get the get the thing uh rigs wasn't that great and i wonder i don't know the cost of these things because we live in a world now where microsoft is like um uh chastity uh ubisoft we want your whole catalog and ubisoft's like that's expensive and microsoft's like beep 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 and they're like oh here you go and then they're like hey mlb we want the game that Sony makes of yours. You can't have that. Beep, 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 beep. And then it's on the service. So I don't know, like Game Pass and this, that, and the other and subscriptions have, have totally warped my perception of what you can actually get on these things that are reasonable deals. But like, why isn't uh, Moss 2 a pack-in? Like yeah, older, right. great VR right. games that could benefit from a um, resolution bump that the work's already been done to port them to other fantastic headsets, like have a smattering, like when the PlayStation 5 launched, you got these great PlayStation 4 games as like a best of plus kind of thing. And that, I think to me, is kind of the missing piece of get in, play. So, you know, we can all go to your house, Jeff, and you can fire it up for us. Chastity doesn't get motion sick. I'm blown away by this experience. And then you're and selling everybody on. Yeah. 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 I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm genuinely baffled that Half-Life Alex isn't on this list. I, I just, it feels like such a no-brainer. And I don't know, obviously, I don't know how difficult that deal would be to make. Maybe there are things that, you know, maybe Valve just isn't interested. Maybe, who knows? But man, it just seems like a no-brainer. It's a game that's underplayed. You know, a lot of folks are probably curious about it, but haven't played it because they don't have VR. And it, it this would open it to an entirely different audience. It feels like the hardware would be able to make it shine. It, it 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 baffles me that they wouldn't make that happen at least. It feels like that would be a huge boon for their launch lineup. I don't know. Maybe we'll hear about it, but it feels like TikTok, TikTok, you know. Anyway, that's your PlayStation VR two uh, launch price and date. I'm not a non Jeff. <laughs> I'll be buying it. Um, and we'll see how difficult it is for me to get one. If it's difficult, either they have a shockingly low inventory or uh, a lot more people are interested in this than we think. But maybe I'll just easily grab one. <laughs> I'll be the I, only I, person. I do wonder what that Venn diagram is of people who own PlayStation 5s and want PlayStation VR 2. And I guess the biggest circle is how many they have. Because, yeah, even if you're like, this is the VR headset I want. Well, crap, I still can't buy the the base PlayStation 5 that I need for it. Fair, fair point. Fair point. And then that bundle is uh, not cheap. That's it's a, expensive. That's yeah. a very expensive bundle. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Christian clearly took my story of the week, but I will. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, this remake news uh, because I'm tickled by it uh, as an old certified old uh, who was playing games in 1997, um, professionally reviewing games in 1997, in fact. I um, I played Riven, the 
Cyan World's uh, classic puzzle adventure game, Riven, uh, which we just heard this week, will be getting a full remake. A remake, not a remaster. A remaster would be uh, difficult to do because of the way games were made in 1997. No, it's a remake, ground up, completely from scratch, and it is being done by the original studio, Cyan Worlds. Uh, And evidently, uh, this game, which, you know, predates a lot of uh, 3D games, will be a 3D game. I believe they're doing it in Unreal. And um, it is going to be, quote, fully traversable in 3D space. Uh, People that are old enough to remember Riven, uh, it's sort of like the follow-up to Myst, M-Y-S-T, the classic, uh, uber-classic puzzle game. Uh, that sort of uh, heralded the arrival of CD-ROM technology to uh, to computers. Uh, Riven, you know, you uh, you click on a place, then you it loads a new screen, and you're staring at that screen, and you can click on stuff and try to solve puzzles, and then you click, and then you're on a new screen. So it really wasn't a wander around in 3D space. So they are remaking it uh, with a completely new approach, which I think is interesting. Uh, Chastity... I don't know if you have any experience with Riven or you're excited about this at all, but I'd love to hear your take. I am kind of excited about this, actually. Cool. Uh, I, yeah, I was all of 12 in 1997. <laughs> so um, this game was very difficult for me at the time, and I would just get stuck on puzzles and just quit. But so what I would do is just watch, you know, older friends or relatives try to play this game and do a lot better than I did. I'm like, I don't know what I'm missing. What am I missing? Yeah. What's in here? There's nothing in here. This room has nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't um, have we didn't have uh, walkthroughs no, and yeah. YouTube videos to watch. We exactly. just had to sit there and not know how to play it. Exactly, and it was <laughs> unfair. Yeah, uh, but I'm excited about this because I I don't know I th- I would like to see it remade, but as a point and click adventure, I, I know that they <clears> they might have other ways to play it. I I think that's kind of charming. Um, I still like to do that. Also, I was just thinking like some of the distances you go in this game. Um, you go really fast when you're pointing and clicking, but if you're just walking, it would probably take a really long time to good get point. there. Good point. It's a great like, point. When, it's a good click together, also. Right? Yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> a point and a click, right, Christian? There it is. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good night, everybody. Would... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would love to take this on as an adult. I, I feel like I would like to take on this remake as an adult, but I would love to see uh, the FMVs still used for this game because yeah. they were super fun. I get the beginning and then you meet other characters later on in the game. I think we should keep those and, yeah. then, and just remake the rest. It's so amazing to think of how th- these game Mist and Riven were games that were just only possible because the power of CD-ROM where you could have 600 megabytes on a single disc. And I've, I have no doubt that whatever, whenever this game is released, it'll be multiple gigabytes worth of data to download and uh, just an order of magnitude more. And, you know, not that long ago, it seems, but I'm an old Christian. Save me from myself. What, uh, what, what do you make of this? I, remake. Interesting remake with a completely new play style don't know if we've seen that too much my head goes to the witness or something like that right like what's the evolution of Mm -hmm. this style of game because i think chastity's point is a fantastic one because yeah in mist you'd be like click and then you're at the you're through the forest you know you find the thing and then it's like and then i'm at a temple or wherever you know a a stonehenge type thing that i'm engaging with or or something 
And just walking through that amount of, of just empty space would not be an enjoyable gameplay experience of like, maybe they fast travel you through and you can stop and explore. But I feel like since then we've had games like, I know this is different and people are going to yell at me, but I think Fez kind of (laughs) owes lineage to something like mist and ribbon of you're exploring a space for a long amount of time and finding the thing that you can do in it. It's not a point and click game at all. I'm not saying that it's the same (laughs) style of game, but I think there's, there's connective tissue there between those. And the closest one is something like the witness where it is a space that you're moving around in 3d and solving these puzzles. And so I'm, I'm fascinated by, you know, with this game ribbon is not, it's not missed. It was received very well when it came out. Um, but it doesn't have, I think the, the, uh, it's not as iconic as mist is. I think people that even didn't play mist know of it. Um, and so I wonder if they can be very bold in this remake and really strip it down and bring it back as something totally different because they're not held hostage, so to speak of some storied legacy of what it needs to be. And I think that is exciting because what are these games in, in uh, 2023 or beyond? I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I I don't, I don't think anybody's gonna be like, that's not true to the Riven more. (laughs) You know, I, I think that they have an opportunity and it'll be cool. I, I'm excited to see what they make of it. Um, and if uh, if it if it really does depart or if they just, if, you know, if it's literally just using the same name and making a completely different game, that'll be interesting. In it's just itself. Prey. You're like, wait, this is this is Prey 2? How does this work? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, but first, I want to thank our sponsor or one of our sponsors this week. HelloFresh. Oh, I've been using HelloFresh for, uh, man, uh, over five years, maybe a long time. And I'm a subscriber. I pay every week. I love it. It changed my life. It has improved my life. It's made me love cooking. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. You get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes that are delivered right to your doorstep so you don't have to go to the grocery store. You don't have to worry about having more ingredient than you need. You're just gonna, it's just gonna go bad in your fridge. You're gonna throw it out and feel guilty that you bought all that extra. No, HelloFresh gives you pre-portioned ingredients. And they make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable affordable, which is why it is America's number one meal kit. I just cooked a HelloFresh meal last night. Uh, I made um, shrimp fried rice. It was delicious. Uh, I love the fact that I can pick my meals out using their app uh, ahead of time. So many different meals to choose from. They have uh, fit and wholesome recipes uh, for those uh, nutritious meals, satisfying nutritious meals that make you feel good. Uh, Six recipes a week to choose from, including low-calorie, carb-conscious options. Uh, You've got so much variety, so much more variety in my menu, in my meals, in my family's eating habits than I would have had if I was just cooking the same old thing that I know how to make every week. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to worry about it. It's so great. And I've actually fallen in love with cooking. You can customize your favorite dishes with their new Hello Custom offerings. You can swap out a protein or a side for another. You can upgrade for an even even more luxurious experience. 
You can uh, add protein to a veggie meal if you want. That means more choices, more variety, more meals that are truly tailored to you. They have 20-minute recipes. It's easy to low prep and easy cleanup options, a faster route to get food on your table. And HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. And on average, you can save over $65 a month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. It has improved my life. As I said, I have been a committed subscriber to HelloFresh for many, many years now. Check it out. See if it'll help you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DLC16 and use our code DLC16 for up to 16, that's right, 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash DLC16 and our promo code DLC16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. It is time to talk about the games that we have been playing this week. Chastity. Uh, Hello. Where would you like to start with the games that you have been playing? You know what? I want to talk to you about Marvel Snap because I just need to talk to someone else about this game that's taken over my life. Nothing would delight me more. A week. I, I... I saw everyone talking about it. All of my friends were talking about it to me on the side. And like, you you love Marvel. You would love this game. And I was like, this is a slippery slope. And I recognize it. I'm not going to fall for this. <laughs> I fell for it. <laughs> I started a, a little over a week ago. So I started uh, the previous Friday. So between that Friday and this Friday, I already ranked up to like silver and like level 31 or something. And nice. I, I, it, yeah, it's a problem. It's it's just taken over. I've like, I'm making soup for dinner tonight and playing at the same time and just like it's i should not be doing that i have to watch the stove but yes no i love this game i love this game i um i played a little bit of hearthstone but i feel like this is the one for me this is the one that's really clicked for so me. W- what is it about marvel now i mean clearly you have an yeah. affection for the marvel sure. characters mm-hmm. um but is, is it just that or is there something else about the game that means it's the one yeah i think They've perfected just like the, uh, you know, one more game, like luring you back in because the games are so short and they're just fast, frenetic and fun. And like they, they, it changes every time. And like you have all these different locations, you find locations that you've never seen before and that fills you with excitement. Um, you keep unlocking new cards very frequently. Uh, so I feel like that's just a great recipe for, for fun and hooking people in. And I haven't paid a single cent yet. And it's been a week and I'm not really tempted to yet, but I think they'll eventually get me. Yeah. The, uh, the, the first season event is winding down the, um, the symbiote invasion uh, Mm -hmm. with uh, all the Spider-Man cards. And I have worked through the entire, you know, unlocks list and not getting all those things because I didn't pay my, my 10 bucks. And there's a part of me that's like, ah, that's cool. All I'd have to do is put, do nine, you know, 10 bucks and I get all this stuff in one fell swoop. But I'm not really that tempted. There's not right. There's enough there to play for free that I don't really feel tons of pull. Um, Agreed, I, and I think that's that's good. That's to their benefit. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, definitely. I, I, 
there's so much there that you can play for free and you can put down whenever you want. You can pick it up whenever you want. It's a great time filler for anything you're waiting for. Laundry, whatever. And bring your soup. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cooking at the same time. (laughs) Uh, Acknowledging (laughs) your friends or loved ones. You know, it's a great, you know. (laughs) Oh, that's a really good point because word on the street is that they're going to let you play against friends soon, like in a battle mode that's coming soon like supposedly this year uh, where you can play against specific people. I feel like that's really going to test some relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well, mm-hmm. just because I know I have a lot of friends that are playing it. I think it'd be fun to, to, to play for funsies. But one of the things that I think makes the game work so well right now is how streamlined it is. And there isn't 14 different options as I start. It's literally like play and I'm in. And I'm just playing against somebody. Am I playing against a bot? I don't know. Probably not. It seems like a real person, but I don't have any, I I don't know for sure. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, there's no surfacing of anything. There's no like telling me their rank, telling me it. It's just like, you're playing, you're playing a person, just go. And I I think there's something really elegant about that. Yeah. That I, I worry that if they layer on too many modes and too many features that it may clunk it up that's true but i think if it's just the only thing that we're getting this year the only mode we're getting this year is this the battle mode so you can specifically play against your friends i think that's good enough and i think we're good for this year Uh, i do have a couple of questions for you because i know you've talked about your enthusiasm about this in the last Mm. couple of episodes uh but as someone who's played a little bit longer than me uh what cards would you remove from your deck would i remove from my deck yes yeah Oh, I've As been beginner. building. I've been building lots of decks. I have mm-hmm. many decks. I I started out not. It, Hearthstone was a game where I just I didn't love building decks. It just because having multiple copies of a single card, having you know, just the the size of your decks, it just it felt very overwhelming to me. Even as somebody that played Magic and stuff, building decks was one was not what I loved about Hearthstone. But something about again the elegance, the simplicity. The, the the limited nature of the decks, how few cards you have, the only only can have one copy of each card. I had such a blast. I'm built, you know, building the how many uh, decks the, have you built? Oh man. I don't know, a dozen, maybe fewer <laughs> than that. Fewer than that. Yeah. Eight. I mean, eight. for people just listening, uh, please know that when Chastity asked Jeff that question, before he answered, his hand immediately went to his jaw and he started <laughs> scratching it. And he was like, oh, yeah, mm, I don't know. Uh, like, you, you mean know, like a cool. crack addict? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Is little, little, a little bit, you know, hiding a tell there. I don't know, one or two or 12 or a hundred. I don't know. I'm building one right now, perhaps. I'm not sure how many, how many have you built? Why are you asking me how many I've built? Well, I don't, I don't, um, I don't like to, I, I fiddle, I fiddle with a deck, but if I get too mm-hmm. far afield, like if it's working okay, but I want to fiddle with it, I'll build a new deck. So I still have that old one. So I like, right. So I, you know, it's almost like and saving you your game. You know, yeah. like a, it's an experiment. You've got exactly. Control. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've been, I've been drawn into, I've been playing literally before we started this recording, I was playing this new lockdown deck. That's what I call it. The lockdown deck that I have with, um, with professor X, like that's a five energy card. That basically means you can, neither player can play any more cards on that location at all. So you can have just a couple of cards there. You can be winning by one or two points and lock it down and just own that location. It's very satisfying, but it's it risky. 
because it is because you don't know what the other person's playing at that moment and you could be ahead and then all of a sudden they're ahead and you locked it down and you <laughs> all of a sudden it's over for you that's at right. that location but that's another beauty <laughs> yeah. of mm-hmm. marvel snap is that retreat is a completely viable strategy like yes. they've made retreat noble you know so you don't feel like oh i'm just you know getting out of the game uh in hearthstone if you you know quit out or anything like that it, it feels lousy for both people and for some th- they've really managed to make retreating be a an actual strategy that you can employ uh and forcing someone to retreat feels good sometimes you know um yeah. have I what rank you... are you sorry oh yeah no 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 go ahead what uh, rank are you well at? two days ago i was 48 and i'm like oh i'm get, i'm nice. getting to platinum baby i'm getting to platinum it's going to be awesome i can't wait and I had a really terrible couple of days, and I am down to oh, forty three. No. So I I tumbled hard, but which makes me start fiddling with decks and like, whoa, what am I doing? <laughs> but also, you know, there are these rotating locations that they make come up more often, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll have a deck that really works well for that location, and then the re- location will change that that comes up more often, and I'll have to completely rethink things and. Or Scarlet Witch comes along and just ruins oh, everything. I hate that oh. Scarlet Witch card so much. So much. You had a question, Kristen? I mean, that kind of answered it. I was going to ask if either of you, because I'm still, I'm still very much dabbling. Like I'm, you know, I, I enjoy the game, but neither, uh, not as much as either of you have been playing. And I'm curious. I'm still at the, you know, the honeymoon phase of like, I only win, and I know that's going to stop at some point. And I'm yeah. curious if it sounds like Jeff, you've entered a beatdown phase. And I'm curious, Chastity, if you've had, you know, had your uh, butt handed to you. And then <laughs> is it still a compelling game to play? Because I feel like for a lot of folks, you know, you get out of the bots in Fortnite or PUBG or whatever, and you're like, this is fun. And then they're like, go ahead, find out you suck. And you're like, oh, no, this is no fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what that turn has been like uh, for both of you. I am enjoying it. I think it's challenging me to change up my decks a lot and change up my strategy, find pairings or uh, sets of cards that work well with each other. So I have like a set that's for ongoing effects. I have a set that's for on reveal effects. Um, And then I have just like some chaotic decks as well that are just like, just for fun. It's like, wouldn't it be crazy if I played these cards? I should try to play these cards and I lose with them, but, (laughs) but they're fun. Uh, So I'm still enjoying it, but I'm definitely at the point now, I think it's level 35 or 36 um, where I'm definitely going up against tougher opponents and they have like these pairings that are just knocking me down. So sometimes I'll copy them. Like the other day I got beat pretty hard by someone who was using devil dinosaur and moon girl oh, I was like, I well what if i did that yeah. with one of my <laughs> decks and it worked for me great once and then like i just someone's yondu destroyed my devil dinosaur i was like well there goes my strategy <laughs> yeah or you have uh shang chi will uh will be a good card to use if people are owning you with right. devil dinosaur that shang chi card yeah. which will kill anything that's over nine uh power it's 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 wonderful one of the things that that occurred to me that um I haven't mentioned before on the show that I think is really interesting is how n- none of the cards, at least none of the cards I've experienced. Um, and I don't believe any of the cards um, give you extra energy. There are locations right. that will give you extra energy, right? But that'll happen for both players. So it's interesting that they're not, they're not allowing the cards to let you do that. Um, and I think that's an interesting bit of restraint on the design teams. Uh, you know, side. 
I'm just I'm very impressed with the way multiple different kinds of decks seem to be very viable and 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 very fun to play. Um, and and I have absolutely had that experience you're describing, Chastity, which is I see somebody own me with something, and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that to <laughs> yeah. somebody else. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's Currently, a- I'm I'm trying to get the Iron Man onslaught pairing just to like dominate a location, but it they never come up at the same time. Like- yeah. I just yeah. really want it to happen once. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of people um, use the uh, that apocalypse destruction deck with Carnage and uh, all those cards that just like chain their de- destroy, dest- you know, Nova yeah. and all this. Like, oh man, right. I haven't had a, I haven't built a deck about around that yet, but I'm tempted to. Have they talked about that yet? Like, what the role is for a card in your hand to be played at a specific time? Like, is any of that data out for the game? Like, oh, there's a 20% chance you're going to start with a six in your hand if you don't, you know, or any, or any of that stuff? Or is that all still kind of all behind the scenes? I mean, everything is behind the scenes. That's one of the big things that I'd like to see them bring into the game is some statistics, like my win-loss ratio, my record, my, you know, uh, I, I would love to be able to dig into that stuff and just see that all that is is not accessible yet. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that comes, but no, I mean that your deck is so small. It's what twelve cards, 12? eighteen cards. 12. Is it twelve? Yeah. Um. So you know, I think the statistics you could run the statistics pretty easily about how likely it is for a, you know, a starting with a one or or starting with a six or whatever it is. I think it's it's pretty um doable math because it's not there's not a lot of variation there. I mean, obviously you could load your deck with a bunch of you know six point cards and screw yourself over but but uh but i think i mean i think that's one of the things that's so fascinating about it It is is it's very much very set right you always know well not always because locations are the big wild card but you 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 pretty much always know that you're going to have one energy then two energy then three energy up to six and you know when cards can be played pretty much so um it's it's an interesting I, I think the game is very um, contained right now and it's going to be interesting to, you know, you, you're seeing Hearthstone at what they're at their 25th revision coming up or 26th, something like that. At a certain point, Marvel snap is going to have that power creep that is inevitable with all of these games. And it's going to be interesting to see how that design team handles that and what they do to mitigate it. You know, if anything, yeah. my last question for you on this is are fast upgrades worth it. I I I haven't really been spending the money on fast upgrades mm-hmm. because the blue whatever those things are called shards I think sure mm-hmm. um those have become my limiting factor for upgrading anyway it's not the when I first started the um mutagens or whatever they're called the bu- bubble things the bubble things yeah yeah I can't <laughs> yeah. remember the name of them um but those things were the limiting factor and so that felt like oh yeah those quick upgrades are going to be the way to go. But I don't find that to be the case anymore. I, f- I find the, the blue show. And my friend actually pointed out a really interesting strategy, which I don't know if it is actually true. But he was saying that his, his he was working on this strategy of don't ever upgrade any cards ever because that means the matchmaking puts you into matches against people who are similarly unlocked 
So you can sort of like work, if you want to work up your rank, work your rank with a people who have a much shallower pool of cards. I don't know. It, he's something but, he's trying. But then you also don't get a lot of cards. Like right. you're missing out on really cool cards. But if you, yeah, you can keep winning with the the beginner decks for sure. That's definitely a strategy to move up in your ranking. I, I just, I want the cards. I want them all. I want them. <laughs> so, okay. Here's my big question for you, Chastity. <laughs> yeah. How tempted are you by variant cards? Not not a lot. Yeah. I see him there in the store and I'm I'm like, no, I've already had this card to play with. I like looking at the art. I like yeah. admiring the art, but I'm not tempted to buy it by any means. I'm I'm hoarding my gold for no reason. Me I'm too. Like, I haven't done anything with it. I'm just like, what do I do with this? But I feel like I shouldn't spend it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I have all this gold that I keep earning and I'm like, that's the real money. I'm not, right? I'm not yeah. using that. That's real That's money. That you can pay money for. So I feel like I should hold on to it. I'm just like yeah. Scrooge McDucking over here with my gold. <laughs> totally, totally in the same boat. That's very funny. Uh, anyway, Marvel Snap, it's uh, taking over my life. And not I mean, very I good will way. say this as, as it, this is now uh, November. I will. Th- I I think Marvel Snap has uh, snapped its way into a very interesting discussion at the end of the year for you, Jeff. Oh, like. Yeah. We we knew that you'd probably be gravitating towards this. You like Marvel, you've liked card games, but I also think yeah. at least for myself, I was like, if free to play mobile game, yeah, Hearthstone he liked, but I don't I mean, this is week three, and seriously, listeners, not an exaggeration. I had a question for Jeff before we started, and he didn't answer. And then he goes, hold on, hold on, hold on. wait, 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 wait. I, uh, I can't lose this one. Like very mumbly. Like yeah. it is real. This yeah. is not this is not a put on, it is real. And um, and you want to see how that worked out? How what the end was that? Did you win? Did you win? I won. I won. Hey. I, 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 I I I think the <laughs> the player's name was Doodoo Poopy Face or something like that. And I I mean I I, I didn't get my question answered, so I am doing this show without pants on. Yeah, um, no, 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 no. Yeah, whatever Christian wanted to know was irrelevant. <laughs> but let me tell you how this worked out for me, Chastity, because um, he he literally was was writing. I am confident. You know, how you can say those little phrases. You want? I am confident. Yeah. And he snapped, and I snapped oh. back. And I, like, I, I beat him for eight. I beat him for there eight. There we go. There we go. Christian was there. Uh, Feels good. Talking about my something. Child, oh, my child was bleeding. And I'm like, do I address this now or later? And he's like, yeah, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, so, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Doo-doo poopy face is, is, is haunting me. Not today, doo-doo poopy face. Not today. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Not you on know, my watch. We know who the real doo-doo poopy face is. <laughs> it's, it's still him. Anyway, uh, what else is on your playlist, Chastity? Oh my gosh. I have to talk about Signalis because it is amazing. And I totally would not have even played this, but I saw a few people talking about it on Twitter and I was intrigued because it has this cool aesthetic and it's also got a top-down perspective and it's a sci-fi survival horror. These were checking all these boxes for me. It's got like this anime style protagonist that you're playing as and you're also like a replica android. Really cool stuff. Um, it's a game by Rose Engine. So they're a two-person dev team from Germany. And they've created this sci-fi survival horror, which is has a lot of shades of uh, games before it in the genre. It feels very Resident Evil at times, a little bit of Silent Hill, but it also has like shades of Alien. And and um, I like Twin Peaks, and I, I kind of got that weird, like eerie vibe from it as well. But I'm really into it. So it's, yeah, like I said, mostly top-down perspective gameplay, switches off with first person, has these really cool pixel art graphics. Um, and you play as Elster, who's a replica. She's looking for her lost friend on her ship, which crash landed. And then she has to invest 
investigate um, this facility where there are just bodies everywhere and very narrow hallways. And so you have to move around uh, this government facility and like slowly learn about a dark secret um, by solving lots of puzzles, picking up notes and clues, um, managing your inventory. You can only hold six items at a time, um, but there's also safe rooms with storage boxes and manual save points. Um, so very much feels in the vein of like old PS1 survival horror for sure. Um, so it kind of takes me back and makes me nostalgic. Um, and it's definitely creepy because as you're walking through dark hallways, you know, uh, you you only have so much ammo. You don't have a lot of ammo. So like you're kind of trying to sneak around instead or like just try to get by. Luckily, um, they don't follow you into other rooms. So that makes it less scary for me, which is nice. I just have like, I just have to get to another room. It's going to be okay. Uh, but they've got really good um, sound design and music as well. It's like unnerving. It's eerie. Um, but I've been playing it slow and steady. I'm, I'm almost finished um, with one ending. I, f- I heard that there's multiple, uh, but I just want to do like the whole no stone in turn, check every room, get all the clues because the lore is really interesting to me. Um, but it is also like, genuinely scary at the same time just because like there's these are narrow corridors and some kind of virus has taken down like of the crew and the androids and like what's left is attacking you and so uh it's still very stressful and tense but it's not as scary so i just tweeted i think earlier today and just said hey if you like can't usually handle like the first person survival horrors because it's too scary for you and, and you need to like sit next to someone this was a little easier to get into uh i scare easily so I kind of shy away from that, um, but the top-down perspective made it less uh, frightening for me. But it's still stressful, still tense, but it's really That's good. Awesome! Uh, it's yeah. uh, nineteen ninety-nine on Steam right now. This is uh, published mm-hmm. by Humble Games. Also it's on, on Game, Game Pass, Pass. too. Yeah, yeah it's on Game Pass. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, it's sitting at an overwhelmingly positive with thirteen hundred over thirteen hundred reviews on Steam. Um, this looks really cool, Chastity. This looks really cool. I highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah. This looks, uh, I, I love this, uh, this uh, cyberpunk vibes and, mm-hmm. um, looking at the screenshots right now. It's really, really cool. Yeah. It's like ghost in the shelly yeah. kind of, yeah. Cyberpunk for sure. Um, and it's also short too. So like if you're looking for something short after you finish God of War, uh, it's only like 10 hours, depending on how quickly you solve puzzles, of course. Again, that is Signalis, uh, and it is available uh, on Steam and, and Game Pass. Uh, very, PS4 very cool. and Switch as well, yeah. All right, Christian. Mm. Should we talk God of War? Actually, actually, let me, let me think our, our second sponsor before we do that. We, that uh, is, what a tease. Yeah, yeah that's how ahead. we do it in the biz. That's how we do it in the biz. Uh, we are also sponsored, ladies and gentlemen, by Squarespace. Squarespace! That's right, Squarespace. We've been recommending Squarespace since the very start of this show, from the very start of of any show I've ever done. Way back in 2007, Squarespace was one of the first sponsors, and I've always been so pleased to recommend Squarespace to people because it is a great place to make a website. Easy, easy, easy to make a great-looking website on Squarespace. But now, Squarespace is is also the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You are able to stand out with the, of course, their beautiful websites, but also now you can have tools to engage your audience and sell anything, your products, the content you create, even your time. They've got these member areas, which allow you to monetize your content, monetize your expertise, 
in a way that fits your brand. With member areas, you can unlock a new revenue stream for your business and free up your time by selling access to gated content like videos, online courses, or newsletters. You can even build the videos in Squarespace's Video Studio app, which helps you make and share engaging videos to tell your story, grow your audience, and drive sales. It's easy to have a store on a Squarespace site. You can sell your products in an online store, whether they are physical or digital. Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online, and it couldn't be easier. It's just drag and drop. You turn your site into an online store. Plus, they've got blogging and commenting features. It's Every website on Squarespace is optimized for mobile right out of the box. They have analytics to help you grow your business in uh, real time. It's just the easiest way to do it. It's the best way and the easiest way. So check it out. Go to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, use our offer offer code Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. You'll save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Great place to buy domains is Squarespace. So simple, awesome front end. I've bought many domains using Squarespace. It's so simple. And you'll save 10% using our promo code. Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E. Thanks to Squarespace for always supporting this podcast. Check them out, squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. All right, God of War, Ragnarok. A couple of weeks ago, we were able to talk about our early impressions. Uh, now, uh, Christian and I both have finished the main campaign uh, my final save was somewhere uh, north of 35 hours. Uh, but there's lots more game. <laughs> there's lots more game there. Lots more game. Uh, and again, I will reiterate, we are not going to spoil any of the stories. And I would urge anybody who's interested in this game to avoid spoilers. I know a lot of them are out there, uh, unfortunately. Um, avoid spoilers. I think this is, uh, this is a game that has a lot of wonderful surprises. And we're not gonna we're gonna do our best not to spoil any of them for you. Like uh, Iron but, Man flies in and is like, so "I got he's you." Like, I'm here Kratos. with Isaac from Dead Space. We're gonna <laughs> crash this party. Um, <laughs> it's a very unexpected moment for God of War. Christian, but it was cool. uh, both of us were very, uh, very positive in our early impressions. I take it nothing in the subsequent thirty plus hours changed your opinion. I mean, I'll. I've never had a game shift from initial impressions to final review so hard before. I hate this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Could you imagine if it really did like, no, 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 the first four hours are phenomenal. Hour five is when it gets real bad. Every I would, no. I mean, that's happened before. I don't think that's unprecedented <laughs> in a game. But I would argue the exact opposite is true with this God of War because I think at least the first two, maybe up to four hours of God of War Ragnarok feel very similar to 2018's God of War. Mm. It, 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 is, it is playing the same beats. In fact, the very beginning of the game has that sort of morose, sad tone that the first one started with. And I felt like, I honestly felt in the first couple hours, and you're, you know, you're, you're Kratos and Atreus, and you're hanging out, and you're doing your thing, and you're walking through the snow, and you're doing stuff at the beginning of the game. And I, and I, I had the feeling of, hey, I loved that first game. I, I think it's one of the greatest games ever made. This feels a little familiar. And I, I worried that it felt like it was, it, it was going to feel like a, an expansion 
or or something uh, less ambitious than the first one. And then the rest of the game happened. And I will say it is very ambitious. And fear not if you think it's just going to be a retread of God. I mean, it uses a lot of the same systems and, and, and it is familiar in a certain respect. But my goodness, does it go places? My goodness. I, there have been many a fantastic sequel made over the years of video games. Um, so to say, you know, I'm not going to say that one is definitely better than the other. Um, but I will say that, in my opinion, God of War Ragnarok is one of the finest sequels of a video game ever made. It's especially one of the finest sophomore albums, so to speak, of a video game ever made. And it is it it is in that same world, right? God of War Ragnarok is not uh god of war ascension to god of war 2018 that's not what this game is so if you loathe god of war 2018 this is not a a vast reimagining of what god of war can be it's not but as a sophomore sequel to a game that you and i both loved i think god of war ragnarok is up there with one of the finest sequels ever made because of how it expands upon and diversifies yeah yes deepen some of those expectations and systems found in the first game. The first game was phenomenal for how you had your carry, your Atreus, or, you know, the idea that it's not an escort mission. And other games have certainly done this as well, but we raved back in 2018 about how Atreus was a benefit in almost every situation. And the way it was ambitious with the single camera, and it didn't feel like Atreus was just teleporting all over the place. It seemed like he was where he should be and would be. And yes, there's, you know, tech wizardry going on behind the scenes to make it feel that way. And yes, I'm sure the character is teleporting and all that stuff. But in the moments while you're playing it, it felt real and lived in and never felt like dead weight, someone you had to worry about in an escort mission. And God of War Ragnarok's pairings of what you're doing as the player and what your carry, so to speak, is doing and able to do in the combat encounters and scenarios you're able to have because of those combinations. And then layered on top of that, the environmental, I'm going to use the word puzzle, but it's a very light puzzle, but the environmental complexities, I'd guess, of like, we all know an exploding barrel and we all know a pull a crate and evolutions and expansions of that idea married to your main protagonist, you know, your Kratos running around, and then Atreus and Arrows, and all of those things working together create some of the finest third-person action combat um, I've ever played. And, And it's rewarding on various difficulty levels. You can go in and just kind of mash your way through and see the story and have fun with it, And then as you play on harder difficulty levels, if you want that experience, it's not going to give you an S rank, you know, the way Bayonetta and and some Platinum games do. But you're really rewarded for figuring out um, how to use those systems to the best of that combat encounters requirements. And it becomes so rewarding. And the other thing that I really love about this game, the way it expands or I guess changes expectations from 2018 as God of War 2018 was very much a hub and spoke open world game. It was not um, Far Cry 6 in its breadth where like you open up that map and you're like, oh my God, they did it again. How is there so much game here? And, or even Horizon Forbidden West, right? You open up that map and it's like, 
I know some of this is covered in fog, but oh my God, this is a big map. Uh, God of War 2018, you had that main canoe area and you kind of went and did your things here and there. God of War Ragnarok takes that approach and makes it feel both bigger in terms of the, the openness of the world and what it can be, but also the way it could progress you through the game. It could feel, I think there's a way you could play this that would feel more like an Uncharted game. Yeah. Than the first one where you're like, it, it never opens up. This is a single camera narrative, the one critical path. And I think it's fascinating the way it expands upon what an open world hub and spoke game with a strong narrative pull. Listeners of this show uh, know that's one of my talking points often. Your bugaboos. I, one of my bugaboos. And I think what God of War Ragnarok does in solving that is fascinating. My last point, and I will stop, Jeff, I promise is I think it has some of the best partner um, dialogue of any game I've ever played where I really like Plague Tales, um, Requiem and Innocence, but sometimes those conversations feel jilted or like someone's just filling air to fill the air. And the way that conversations happen in Ragnarok, and we talked about this for 2018, but I think it's better in Ragnarok, the way they'll pick them up later if it's just kind of like exploration chatter, but then you start something. A character will literally be like, well... I'll put a pin in this for now, but uh, yeah. Oh, we're gonna fight. Uh, I'll talk about this later. Yeah, yeah, and just it's constantly uh, making the world richer and better, and it feels real and lived in, and never feels like fluff. I had high expectations for God of War Ragnarok, um, and it blew them all away. My save to credit, so I think, was just under thirty hours, and still a lot to do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Man, I agree with all that. I. I, the, the combat is exquisite and, and you, you use the right word pairings. Um, the, the game, you know, the first game was really about Kratos and Atreus being together and what that dynamic was like. And it was so fascinating, so interesting and so well executed. And this game without spoiling anything, there are, it's, you get different pairings. Like there's, and and some fascinating new ideas are thrown into the mix of what other characters in this world that, you know, I do have some, some nits to pick with God of War Ragnarok. And one of them is that some of the characters that are introduced get short shrift because there are so many awesome characters introduced that you just want to hang out with them for way longer than you get to. And the game has so many other things to show you that characters are sort of brought on and, and ushered off uh, relatively quickly. And you go, oh, but I want to hang out with that person more. And, and That's it's the so hard many... part of an ensemble. It's like, it's not yeah. their story, but it could be. Oh, this is, <laughs> this, you know, uh, God of War 2018 is like Batman and Robin, the, the, the game. And God of War Ragnarok is like Avengers or... Justice League or whatever. It's it, it feels like a team or X-Men. It feels like a team superhero story. Uh, because there's all these awesome godlike characters that are involved and have big parts of the narrative. And the narrative is amazing. Amazing. And it is so rich with with you know lore and and um um, you know, real myths and and legends and, and not, what am I looking for? Um, you know, mythology, mythology. Thank you. Um, 
So you can actually learn some good mythology stuff that'll, you know, apply to your, <laughs> your Greek lit classes or whatever. Um, and, and, and the thing that, that I think 2018's got to were brought to the table that is, that is picked up and advanced here is this artfulness. The, the story is told with such an artfulness. We saw that in the first game with that single unbroken camera and how beautifully that was used to, to create this driving narrative, this, this, this feeling like you are there because it's this kind of handheld camera that feels very cinema verite. The stuff that they do with that single unbroken camera in this game takes it to a whole other level. There are transitions that are gorgeous. Uh, Kratos going to sleep and waking up and, and how the background changes right before your eyes into a dream he's having or a new location or a new time of day. Uh, you know, th the camera moving from one character to another and, and picking things up or staying in one place and staying on a face when that's not the person who's speaking or dropping down so that, um, oh, what's his name? The beheaded guy from the first game. Um, what's his name? He was an M. Anyway, the guy whose head got cut off, who's on uh, Kratos's hip through the whole game, uh, you know, the, the first game, uh, the camera will drop down. You can see his face talking and, and, and like Kratos's weapon in his hand right next. It's just artful and beautiful and cinematic and incredible. And the care that's taken, you know, I lived through a time when every review of every video game mentioned how good or bad the camera was because video games just hadn't figured out how to do camera work. You know, do, would your camera get messed up when you walk into a corner? Was the camera unruly? You know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, it was all about how poorly a can the camera was handled in third person action games. Every second of God of War Ragnarok, the camera has been thought about where it is, how it's picking up the action, how it's flowing you through the, the locations. The world building is so much bigger and more grandiose. The play, one of the things that I play video games for is to be taken to places that I could only imagine. And oh my God, does Ragnarok deliver on that score? The places you get to see and go to. And I mean, the art design, the, the I mean, very early in the game, you get to see more of the dwarves uh, area. And we've seen lots of, you know, Tolkien-esque dwarves and all kinds of different dwarven worlds. You know, even Rings of Power had an awesome new vision of the dwarves. Uh, I, the, the world of the dwarves in, in Ragnarok is so awesome looking, just looking, you just want to wander around and stare at every little detail. And that's like the least of the places that you get to go in this game. It's extraordinary. The stuff that you get to do and the combat is so, so fun. Well, to the combat and 2018 starting up to the combat, just to, to, to mention it. In 2018, Kratos has other weapons than just the axe. Um, if you haven't played 2018, we've probably talked about it specifically on the show, but I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. What I think is so fascinating about Ragnarok is they expand on the idea of more weaponry, but also 
the axe remains so dang satisfying. Yeah. Chastity, we talked about another uh, Captain America game at the beginning of this show and, and what that shield is like and how awesome of a character Cap is. And I think what they've captured in Kratos with this axe is that even as other things change, it always feels good to use the thing that you start with. And I think that says a lot about a game and the care that went into it where a lot of times it's like, oh, you get the new thing. Bye-bye old thing. You get, And by the end of the game, it's you know like the Wolfenstein joke is you have like 20 pieces of armor on and you haven't touched a gun that you've used you know, in 20 hours because you always want the new best gun. And the way that Ragnarok has the character progression similar to 2018, but again, expanded in a way, but makes these things all feel compelling and viable as they go on. I texted you, we had similar texts actually, but um, the the pacing of Ragnarok is exquisite. We talked about it in the preview and I haven't done this probably since college. I started playing, you know, one night after my kids went to bed and I just got so pulled in. I didn't stop until three 30 in the morning. Yeah. Like I, I literally played all night and it, it just kept upping itself in terms of scope and scale and the fun things that I was doing where I like, I knew I was going to pay for it the next day, but I didn't want to walk away from where I was in that adventure. And I think that's a testament to that relates to me to the axe in the sense that even in those moments, I was still using that axe and it still felt rewarding and compelling. And I think that goes to what you were saying, Jeff, about the care put into the the craft of the game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's so much care put into the craft of the game. It it is the the finest work of video game craftsmanship that I I can imagine. I mean, it is every there's so much detail to every movement, every moment. The performances are great. And this is a game where you really talk about performances. It's I mean, Odin is a character in this game, as you might expect. And when the actor playing Odin walked on for the first time, I was like, this is a brilliant choice who would ever think of this guy as Odin, but it's brilliant and he's amazing. And how many times in a video game do you see a character walk on screen and you go, Oh, I recognize that actor who's playing that part. It's it's, and the performances are exquisite. I mean, it is, it's, it's, a, it's the, it's a video game where you're just wrapped up in the, the tension and the back and forth of these characters. That's just, I think that's a new thing that is happening to video games that we haven't had before because the technology is making it possible. I do want to mention some gripes. And one of them you just, you recently brought up Christian, which is the progression system. I, for as well-designed and, and, and so well thought through and so satisfying as God of War, both of the games are, I don't understand why the why the role playing system, the role playing game trappings, are so obtuse. You have I, I have a thing that gives me ten luck and fourteen defense, and I have another thing that gives me seven defense and four strength. Which one do I wear? I have no idea. I have no I have no sense of what anything gets me there's no like i have a general idea of what each stat does but to make any kind of comparison between those things like it it it's it's a non it's nonsense it's it's like i have I to have more information <laughs> in order to make those make those decisions right 
It, it doesn't matter. I, do I want to have I a high luck? I guess I do. What does luck do? It generally makes you find things more. Uh, okay. You know, I, well, I don't I, understand, like, what was, what's, better, what's better for me to have, high defense or high vitality? I don't know, because I don't know what they actually do. I don't know, like, if I saw, if I had a, a window into the actual damage I'm doing as opposed to the damage I'm receiving, I have no sense of any of it. And you're constantly being, being given all these things to make these decisions of what to put on and what to, I mean, you're, there's a thousand things. There's amulets and, and, and enchantments and, and handles to your weapon and wrist guards. And it's like, there's so many things change in real time and in cinematic and are always accurate to how you are equipped. Incredible. All that's awesome. But I'm saying from a pure, like I'm playing a role-playing game and you're asking me to decide on what, what stats to boost up. It's all yeah, Greek I'm, to me. It's 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 no, it's not. Not this time. It's not. It's Norse. It's yeah. all Norse to you. Uh, I'm on the other side of that. I actually really like it because I think, and I understand what you're saying, and I think your criticisms are valid. But for the type of player I am, and for the type of game this is, which I still think is a predominantly third person action heavy game that isn't Fallout. It isn't like I don't have analysis paralysis in these trappings because. I'm not spending that much time there. The way I assess it is, is, you know, what, what shield am I using? How much defense do I need or how aggro am I going to be in these situations? And then when I'm just exploring, I might respec a little bit to try to, you know, allow myself some of those other moments and how I want to experience the game. But I think there is enough there to allow me to have fun and kind of change things up and kind of gear my character a certain way, but not so much there that I spent more time in menu than in the world. And so I really liked how they did. And you can also hit R3 to be like best. <laughs> yeah, you can know. have it select how it for decides you. That, but, but like, give me best. But there's tons of like, you can go to the, you know, go to the blacksmiths, our favorite pair of blacksmiths from the first game are back in this game, uh, Brock and Sindri. And They'll sell you a whole bunch of new cool stuff. And and there's this amulet thing that you can unlock up to like nine slots in it. And by the end of the game, I had so many slots and you can get sets of enchantments to put in the amulet. So if you have three of the same ones, it'll unlock a perk. And the like perk will be, cards give you a, a thingy and th- the perk will be something like you'll have you'll do extra melee damage based on your cooldown. What does that mean? I got no idea. I got no idea what that means. Oh, come on. Yes, you do. Come on. I have a cooldown stat. By the way, <laughs> if I raise my cooldown stat, how much does it affect the actual cooldowns? I don't know. It doesn't tell me. It doesn't tell me how many seconds another point in cooldown removes. It, dude, you got to surface that information to me. If, I, if you want oh. me to make these decisions as part of your game, give me the information I need to make the decision. I, I am glad it does it. Maybe I'd be happier without even doing any of that stuff because I feel like then that's getting closer to um, what's the fallout thingy, you know, the vats, which I know you love vats. Oh, I do. So love maybe that. it is like they're yeah, giving I want to see 67 percent or 12 percent. <laughs> I'm going to shoot at the arm because it's 67 percent. Yes. OK, Chastity, you have to weigh in here. How, how do you feel about how about I mean, are we all are we just being annoying right now? But no, 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 no. This is all like 
I'm taking it all in. I do have a question for both of you. So if you were playing God of War 2018 and you're like used to those controls, does that change at all going into this game or is it exactly the same and they're just it's just additive? It's like additive. Added yeah. Okay. It's, it's it's almost exactly uh familiar if you, you know, if you're used to throwing your axe and pulling it back mm-hmm. to your hand and charging it's it feel up. Exactly the same. There's new all kinds of new moves mm-hmm. to unlock and to use, but uh I think you'll you'll you know, it'll Great. feel like a comfortable That's the answer shield. I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, just yeah. slip them right on again. Yeah. I did have Love one it. reset I had to do, and 2018 was the same way, and as I'm looking at my DualSense now, I forget, but I think in 2018, in Ragnarok, like, Circle is Dodge and not X, but whatever game I had just been playing, X was Dodge. So there were moments where I was like, oh, no, that's not the that's not the parry that I need. Um, but it's it's then I did fire up 2018 again. But, oh, no, it's the same. It's just I was... Just playing this other action game that you can also so different. it also tracks everything you do, and you have bronze, silver, and gold levels of accomplishment in everything. Like every enemy type, if you've killed a number of them, you'll unlock like you bronze level achievement, silver level achievement. Uh, using any specific move set, you will unlock those tiers if you use it enough times. So if you use a specific move on a specific weapon enough times, it'll unlock bronze, silver. And then finally, it'll ha- it'll say labors complete. What Those are called labors. And once you've un- un- done all the labors on a specific move, you can slot in an, an additional enchantment on the thing, which is a perfect <laughs> example of what I'm talking about because they will be things like momentum. Or damage. So it's like, oh, yeah, no, I definitely want to have more damage on this move because I use a lot. How much more? I have no idea. Does momentum get, get give me a better benefit than damage? The game won't tell me. I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> I, I know this is a tiny nit to what is a nearly perfect game, but it, it's baffling to me that it is so obtuse. It is so weirdly vague that you know i am somebody that would would spend a lot of time in menus and spend a lot of time at the blacksmith going which thing should i invest in which thing should i buy and and level because you can level up any armor piece anything you get so you can you know it's asking you to make those decisions it's just not giving you any information as to why i get it no i get it this is your rope pullback in uncharted 4 that for me, like I was like, I get it's an action game. I get, it. but they don't, they don't pull that rope back. The sand, I can watch, a, I can watch a bag of rice slowly deflate after I shoot it, but this rope just snaps back to my hip. I don't buy it. I get it. I understand yeah. where you're coming from. Uh, but that is not to take away from what is an exquisite game and, and and a truly unmissable experience. I think, I think this is a towering achievement. Uh, as you said, a an incredible sequel. I think this is the Last of Us two to Last of Us. In fact, I'll you know obviously, I'm curious what you think, but I I think this is superior to Last of Us two as far as sequel, and and it does a lot of the same tricks in the sense of like expanding the world and taking the characters that are familiar to us and giving them lots more side characters to interact with. All that. Um, I mean, Abby showing up felt like a stretch uh, in God of War. I was like, I know, what she's is got Abby the, doing? She's got she the biceps. She came in with Tony. She's yeah, got she the biceps to make it work. Oh, 
it all worked out. Um, I think God of War Ragnarok, and much like 2018, I think is infinitely more replayable. Like I want to go back and, and yeah. do all those things. Um, I don't know if I can, if I can pick a favorite child between the narratives, but it's up there. You know, I think what last of us did was, uh, daring and brave and uh, against a lot of people's expectations for where that plot went. But God of War Ragnarok also like it, 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 I guess for me, the easier comparison is that both of those games, which I love last of us two and God of War Ragnarok, the sequels felt like they had narrative purpose. Whereas I felt like horizon, uh, the new Horizon sequel didn't have as much narrative purpose. I felt like the first Horizon was such a well-told story with a bow on it, and then they were like, let's make another one. Yeah. And God of War Ragnarok feels like it has a narrative purpose and a really, really powerful one. Yeah. I mean, and, and it is it is rooted in very... Um, I mean, you and I are both dads, and it is you know very much a dad sim, as the first game was. <laughs> uh, and this is th- this time, it's like, you know... Here's here's something interesting. I could be wrong about this because again, thirty five plus hours, and so maybe in the first hour or two this happens. But I don't think he ever calls him boy in the whole game, and that was like the meme from the first game. So the fact that the team is like, we can set that aside. We don't need to go back to that well and do the familiar catchphrase of Kratos. I thought that was pretty mature of them as well. I don't think he ever calls him boy through the whole game. And I think it also no, is, is like is telling because he's not a boy anymore. You know, that's why I felt like the adolescent growl didn't quite have the <laughs> yeah. same, you know, gravitas to it. But tween, <laughs> tween, <laughs> boy. Um, so anyway, we'll spoiler oh, we, chat. There'll be more. We'll, God we'll, we'll talk more in the spoiler we'll, chat. Um, I feel like I had one more. Th- oh, oh, the one last thing I will say. And this is predictable if you listen to the show. But I'm still going to say it. Um, I know there's going to be a lot said in the next month or two as we get to the end of the year. uh, As the big showdown for Game of the Year will be between God of War, Ragnarok, and Elden Ring. And Marvel Snap. yeah, And Marvel Snap is right there, baby. Right there. (laughs) But um, obviously, Elden Ring didn't click with me as it has with a lot of people. But I feel like God of War... 2018 and God of War Ragnarok are the the combat in those games. I feel like is what people describe Elden Ring being is why they like Elden. I feel like it is to me the way I feel about the combat in the, in these two games is how I hear people talk about the combat in Souls like games and in, in From Software games. And I've never clicked with that combat in in From Software games the way others have. But I, I feel like the, the challenge of, of some of the fights uh, and the way you're able to sort of um, opt into a lot of really challenging fights in the God of War games, you know, the Valkyries in the first game, and, and there are equivalent things in this game that have me like lose over and over, die over and over, die over and over, learn the enemy, find the thing, learn the enemy. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling more powerful. Oh, so satisfying to take them down. I feel like that's the way people describe describe from software games. And I, I have it here because it doesn't feel to me as rote as, as I don't know, formal. Does that, does that make any sense? Formal. Like in the from software games, it's like 
this is the thing you have to, your character moves in a very clunky, slow way. It's very formal. And if you're going to, if you're going to beat it, you have to learn how to do it this very specific way. Whereas God of War feels just so much more fluid and improvisational and responsive. And that's what I love about it. All right. I'm sure I'll get lots of angry emails about that. But that's where we'll close this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up. So stay around for those. But Chast- Chastity, you have been so awesome to just sit there and listen to us uh, g- gab on about uh, I'm God excited. To, I felt like I was just listening to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Are no, you, I'm excited to play Were you a fan of the, of the 2018 game? Yes. Yeah. Excellent game. So yeah. I'm, I've been hearing nothing but good things about this. I've avoided spoilers, uh, but I've heard great things about the gameplay, great things about the story, and uh, yeah, the performances as well. So I'm, I'm stoked to start this game. Yeah, it's, uh, it's real special, real special experience. Uh, I think you're going to like it, but it, it has been so much fun chatting with you, having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Let's do it again sometime. I agree 100%. In the meantime... <laughs> Yeah. Tell people where they can keep up with you and uh, the things that you do online. Yeah, find me on Twitter and Instagram at chastity underscore V uh, on both places. And I also host streams and play Ubisoft games on Ubisoft News Plays every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern over on twitch.tv slash Ubisoft. Awesome. Very, very cool. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? This is where I feel like a bad dad where I've been saying for the past three weeks, like my newsletter's coming out this week and I keep <laughs> not finishing it. But uh, so I'm not going to say it's going to come out this week, but I'm working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm writing it. I'm writing about the, so I do a newsletter. It's called Let's Chat Games. You can subscribe for free. Tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer, uh, as you've heard me mention in past episodes. And the one I'm working on right now is kind of growing up with games or how games have maybe changed and evolved and what that you know like a 20-year gap used to mean to what a 20-year gap is now and kind of how we have changed with games and games have changed with us so that's going to go out i'll say it the way uh games say it now when it's ready you know i'm not going to put i'm not going to delay it Kanata's not going to be right about this one mm. it'll be released when it's ready um but you can subscribe now and get it in your inbox uh when it is and uh, I'm on I'm, I'm on Elon's site. If you go to elon.com uh, backslash Spicer, you can find me there. Nice of him to give me a URL on his personal health site. <laughs> um, and then I'm on our Discord quite a bit. So if you want to hang out and, and poke and interact with me and the community, you can join that over there. And there's been there's been some really fun, really fun conversations recently about, uh, especially from last Wednesday's paid DLC about chocolate. And America's crappy candy. <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea what we were, what bag of candy we were opening up. Uh, bag of gummy worms, I should have said. Uh, no, we were, good. we yeah. were opening up. Uh, but man, you talk about we, we we've talked about a, a million things. Nothing has struck a chord like <laughs> talking about candy with our <laughs> listeners. That's been a delight to watch. Um, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, for as long as, you know, there's a Twitter to be a part of, I guess. <sighs> also, there are other <laughs> shows that I do, including the Filmcast. Uh, you can find it at Filmcast Pod on almost everything. Um, we talk about movies and TV shows. And uh, we're doing, uh, I think we're doing a pretty fun movie this week. I can't remember what it is. But uh, Black Panther Wakanda is next week. Uh, Wakanda Forever. 
Uh, it's going to be uh, going to be real fun seeing that tomorrow night. Also, I do the uh, the We Have Concerns, which is a comedy science show. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. You can learn something and laugh along the way. It's pretty darn fun. I also uh, do a sports show called Fan Controlled. The Fan Controlled Show is for fan controlled sports and entertainment. Uh, you can find it uh, really anywhere. It's a podcast as well. It's on YouTube. Uh, also, twitch.tv slash fan controlled sports. All right. Let us wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Chastity, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I want more people to watch Andor. It is so, so good. I mean, I talk about Star Wars all the time, but I, if you had told me that I would like Andor maybe even more than I like the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show, I would have thought you were joking. But I am just floored by it. Every single week, it gets better and better. The performances are incredible. But what it really does is it elevates the evilness of the Empire in a way I'd never seen before. And so it's building tension, and it's just a very real creeping sense of danger. And I feel like that just makes it stand out from other live action Star Wars. Um, so definitely check it out. I won't spoil it, but more people need to watch it because I, I feel like people are barely talking about it, but I'm really, really loving it. I couldn't agree more. I, I think it's, I feel attacked. I feel <laughs> Christian, it's, it's seriously, it's not uh, just a good fine. Star Wars thing. It, it, it's one of the best TV shows I have ever seen. It's, I mean, I'm actively changing my parting gift because mine is for a bad TV show that I like, so I can't recommend a bad TV show when there's good stuff. Hey, sometimes you want that. Sometimes you're That's in the true. mood for that. Yeah. yeah. But Andor is, is not that. It is so insanely good. It has no right to be as good as it is. It's Every episode, I'm like, this is amazing. Oh, it's oh yeah. So, so, so good. I couldn't agree more. But I, I is it true that you have a second parting gift? I do. Yes. Also, uh, if for all ages, if you've got families, kids, and even if you are just a fan of animation yourself, the bad guys just uh, went on Netflix recently. And that, that's a DreamWorks animated comedy. Um, it's a heist movie. So if you love heists, you're going to love this. Uh, the premise is that it's a group of animal friends who have lived their lives with everyone scared of them. So there's a wolf, there's a snake, a shark, a piranha, and a tarantula. A really great voice cast. Sam Rockwell leads the cast as the wolf. Um, and so they've done these countless heists. They get caught. And then so the premise is that uh, they broker a deal that the bad guys are going to go good. So it, it's a really fun time. Very Ocean's Eleven-esque, but with these animals, uh, with a great cast. Um, it's also got Craig Robinson, uh, Aquafina, Mark Marin, Anthony Ramos, uh, Zazie Beats. Really good cast. Uh, but yeah, it's just very fun, energetic, fast-paced. And if you like heists, you're going to like this. Yeah, I agree. Watched it with my kids. It was it was good fun. Good fun. Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? Uh, go watch Andor. Um, <laughs> a, a band I love. Uh, Andor? But I'm a single. I usually wait for albums to recommend it. But Plague Vendor is a band I've talked about on the show. Uh, but it's been a while. But they released a new single. Been a while. Uh, on the, not, a different band. That's a different oh, band. Uh, on the second called Run. And so I hope this means that there is another um full length album coming out but plague vendor is um 
heart it, it, it's a little grunge uh but also like some harder rock um some really crunchy guitar and um they're they're fantastic and so i'm very excited to have a new single by them which hopefully means we get a new full length coming soon as well but it is now a single called run and the artist's name is plague vendor very very cool um, my parting gift is a movie that just hit the Roku channel, which evidently is a thing. The Roku channel. Uh, I have Roku. Uh, I, I previously thought it was just a box that played other channels, but guess what? <laughs> it has its own channel with its own content. And just this last weekend, weird. The Al Yankovic story hit Roku. And if you are a nerd of a certain age, as I am, uh, our patron saint is Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, when I was growing up in the 80s, there was no one better. There was no one better. I was absolutely in love with Weird Al music. Uh, I went to the roller rink. Do you rink. have any favorite songs? Like, what? Do you have favorite songs yes. from Weird Al? My favorite Weird Al song of all time is One More Minute, which is not a parody song. It's an original song. It's basically a description of what he would rather do than spend one more minute with you. Like, <laughs> clean all the bathrooms in Grand Central Station with my tongue. Um, it, it's great. It's a brilliant song, but I, I, I love Dare to be Stupid. I love, you know, I love uh, Amish Paradise. I just introduced my son after the passing of Coolio, sadly. Um, can he, we played uh, Gangster's Paradise on the radio because they, you know, he passed away. And I was like, hey, six-year-old son of mine, if you thought that was fun, wait until you hear this song. And then I played the... Uh, Amish paradise. He has no idea who the Amish are, but he was laughing. Uh, I, and and um, all about the Pentiums. Uh, I, I could go on and on. I love, love Weird Al. And this is not a biopic, but a send up of a biopic in the pure Weird Al way. It's as if someone took a biopic and rewrote the lyrics, uh, wrote, rewrote all the words. It is uh, hilarious. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe plays uh, Weird Al, and there is a cavalcade of very famous cameos. Uh, it takes place in the 80s. It, 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 I, it really requires you to like Weird Al or, or know something about it because it's very much parodying his life and his reputation and the idea of parody songs at all. It's very, very stupid in the best possible way. It dares to be stupid. Uh, and, uh, I, I love it. I loved it. I loved it every second of watching it. So if you have the Roku channel or a way to watch the Roku, Roku channel and you like weird Al, do not miss weird. The Al Yankovic story. We also got a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This was sent to us by Jerry, Jerry, who evidently is famous because Jerry says, uh, Hey guys, long time listener here. In fact, I got a shout out. Back in the before times, in episode 209, at the two-hour and 10-minute mark, a lot of Jerry talk. I, Christian, I have no recollection of this at all. But again... I, I, no, I totally remember it, yeah. Two, episode 210, <laughs> you said? I thought it was 211. It's that... 209. We're in oh, episode yeah. oh, 468 yeah. right now, ladies and gentlemen. So don't believe that Christian remembers that. It must have been, what, four, five years ago? No, no, I, I definitely remember that. Would you say it was 209, yeah. you said? Uh, yeah, the, the two-hour no. 10 mark, 40 seconds. You remember. No, yeah. I, I remember that. We talked about Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I think Doki Doki. I think we talked about um, we talked really? about some Doom VFR, if I, if I remember. Right. I'm just trying to pull that Anyway, Jerry continues, uh, my parting gift is for Christian. 
As a fan of pop punk, I wanted to make sure the band Protect Your Heart was on your radar. Their debut album, Reintroduction, just dropped last week. It's chock full of energy and is on my go-to pop punk playlist when I need a boost to get me through the day. Amazing. Keep up the, excuse me, keep up the amazing work, guys. Thanks for being in my ear holes each week. Hoping to keep the Jerry talk going, Jerry. P.S. He writes, P.S. More Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jerry. Oh, man. So much Jerry talk this week. Uh, Christian, are are you aware of Protect Your Heart? No, but I just added, I just looked them up and just added them. There you go. We'll be soon. Your yeah. work here is that's done, the, Jerry. That's the way you get me. Yeah, you did job, it, Jerry. You did it, Jerry. Good Jerrying. Not on Twitter much anymore. I know one way to make sure I can get this band to Christian. <laughs> parting gift. <laughs> that's right. Worked. All right. Um, uh, if you would like to have your parting gift on the show, please send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send that. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Chastity Vicenzio and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those awesome bumpers. Thanks to our uh, theme song composers, White Cube, which is Jason Sherry and T. Ryan Arnold. Uh, Thanks to our patrons for making the show possible. We appreciate you more than you can possibly know. Our top-tier patrons, the hype train-level patrons, get their names read out at the end of every episode. So we're going to do that right now. Hype train time. Hype train time. I came into this too hyped. I couldn't even say it's hype train time. I just came in. Like I fell off the hype train and rolled on the ground. Hap, chim, tap. It's like a beefy GPs. I'm beefy GPing all over a hype train. Thanks. Hyperboy66, David Epp, John Cisco, Matt Valdez, Andy Joyce, Anthony Gulas. Am I going to have to come up with like beefy GPs for everybody's name? Danny Flanny. Uh, <laughs> I won't do that. I'm sorry. Dan Flanagan, Sasan, Adam Denby, Scooby Diesel. Jonathan Talbert, Victor Venezuela, Cheesy Bob, Hank Patton, Rob Rixman, Riley Knox, Kyle Starr, Michael X, Relentless Rex. Um, are people, Michael, do you want me? Uh, I can't, Michael S. How would I do a beefy GP? People are going to want that, aren't they? I don't know. Let us know. Curtis from Louisville, comedian Aaron Trahan, Sharuken, Matt Bradley, Jeff Luxack, Mitchell Ness, Jonathan Putney, Will with one L Harris, Chris Zacharias, Mark Gowland, Malcolm King, Dan Palmino, Ben, Kevin Brazel, Stu Goss, Jonathan, the Spice Man Forever Supplifer, which I'm surprised, honestly, that you didn't change that name after the Halloween episode intro. Spice Man came in hot. Let's not pretend that uh, Spice Man didn't come in hot. Zachary White, Nate, Jenny, Scott Hughes, Jimmy Radcliffe, Yick, Soren Silk, Travis, Jackson. I like, it's like a run of just Madonna's, Drake. One name's good. That's all I need. Michael Stadler, Nick Strauss-Klein, Josh Peak, Christian Bravery, Jad, Peter Olberg, Michael Buck, Michael Lombardo, Spice Man Silencer. That Halloween episode hit your heart. Hit your heart, didn't it? It hit hard. Albert for Hell to Dios. Octavian Ratsiu, Jason Novak, Tyler Wigert. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. Help making it possible week in, week out. Hope you're enjoying all the additional shows as well. Bottom of our hearts. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.